Welcome back, you guys, and happy Thanksgiving. You guys, thank you so much for journeying with me and for being part of this podcast family. I am so, so grateful for you and for this space. And you guys know this is a listener-driven podcast. I say it all the time. And if it wasn't for you, we would not be doing this work. So I am so, so grateful. As always, if you need prayer, please email us at hello at dannysumner.com. Hello at D-A-N-I-S-U-M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, E-R dot Com. Okay, so this is part two of my conversation with my amazing therapist, Jim Beebe. Jim is an absolute gift to this world, and I am so grateful that he keeps saying yes when I ask him to be on the podcast. In today's episode, we talk more about how to deal with family of origin weirdness and heartache around the holidays. We talked about it as well in episode 65, but you can totally start here with episode 66. In fact, I'd encourage you to. I think this episode is very, very rich and very encouraging. So if you're about to go into dinner tonight and you're anticipating some heartache, I'd encourage you, throw in your AirPods, go on a walk, and listen to this episode first. I really hope it encourages you guys and gives you a few more tactical ways to thrive no matter what the circumstances that you walk through. Jim dives into several different concepts. One of the concepts that he mentions is detached observer. It took me four times to say that sentence, you guys. Oh my gosh. Okay, so detached observer. So what that means is instead of getting sucked in to all the emotions and being so triggered, we're actually detach ourselves from those emotions a little bit. And he talks about strategies to do that. It's a really cool concept. I hope it helps. He also mentions the shitty committee and the cage of monkeys in our head. So in case you're not familiar with those terms, it's just when our brains go into overdrive and we all do this and we talk negatively to ourselves and our brains try to sabotage us. So that's what he's talking about there. You guys, we talk about so much in this episode. We touch on a lot of cool subjects that I think we can unpack in the weeks and months ahead. But I love the end of this episode. You guys, we both talk very vulnerably about our own experience with the loneliness and even loneliness in our walk with the Lord that we feel at times. You guys, it's so, so good. Okay, enough from me in this intro. I want you to know I love you and I'm so grateful you're here. Happy Thanksgiving. Also, I wanted to let you know if you've been on the fence and you haven't jumped into the Spiritual Intentions Framework yet... This week, we took $100 off the cost, and it's called the Holiday Special. You guys, I honestly would give this all away, but my team would kill me, mostly my coach and my podcast assistant. They just won't let me. But you guys, if you are wondering how to thrive during the holidays, especially the Spiritual Intentions Framework, it will help. It's not a Bible study. It's actually a practice, a hands-on approach to help you in your spiritual walk. We talk about different spiritual disciplines and practices that help us so much. I use these practices every single day, and we talk about boundaries and self-care, how to build powerful community and how to do life together. We talk about how to find your purpose on this planet and so much more. It's 12 modules. You can go at your own pace. And this week, I also decided to do a Zoom call for everyone in the Spiritual Intentions Framework. We're actually going to do that call next week, actually on December 7th. 
And so if you jump in this week, you can it's still time. You can jump in on that live Zoom call. We're going to keep them kind of small. I'm going to keep them of 10 people or less uh, so we can interact. We can actually interact. You don't have to do the Zoom call, but it's just like a little added bonus. And I just really want to interact with you guys. I thought that would be fun. And don't worry if you're already in the Spiritual Intentions Framework, we will send you your Zoom link for that call next week. You guys, I cannot wait to connect with you. If you do want to jump into the Spiritual Intentions Framework and use that $100 off coupon, the link will be in the show notes and in the coupon, you type in holiday. Again, the link will be in the show notes and email us if you have any questions. All right, my friends, let me tell you a little bit more about our guest. So our guest is Jim Beebe. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he's been a therapist for 40 years. Jim, he really has a pastor's, like a shepherd's heart. He received his bachelor's from San Jose Bible College and his master's degree from Fuller Theological Seminary in marriage and family counseling. Jim is the founder and the director of Abundant Life Counseling. And he really has a heart for integrating God's word and seeking wholeness spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Jim has a beautiful family with two grown children and a wonderful wife, and they've been married for 35 years, which is absolutely amazing. And they actually teach a marriage class together right outside of Los Angeles in Northridge and in Santa Clarita. If you want more information about the marriage class or to get in touch with Jim, I will have his info in the show notes. Welcome to a Holy Mess Podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. As you're talking, I'm like, my gosh, I wanted to dive more into this reflective self thing. And how do we mature into that? How do we put that on? How do we become that? Is that what you're saying to do these yeah, three yeah. things? And that really helps us too? Oh, it's, it's a huge thing. And we practice it in all the other parts of our life. We're learning how to, this is where our mindfulness comes in, even just the literal practice of mindfulness, where you learn to do your, you're using your breathing as a way to slow down and just breathe. And then, of course, your mind keeps going, right? So there's all sorts of thoughts that go through. They call this the cage full of monkeys. It's like a cage full of monkeys bouncing around inside your head. But we've talked about the shitty committee, you know, there's all these thoughts that go through your head and feelings are through inside there in that cage too. The ability and mindfulness is I'm learning how to acknowledge and observe, observe it, identify it, label it, acknowledge it, but then learning how to sort of use my breath as a way to step back from it. Mm. Or I would say use these other, let's just call them cognitive tools, but they're, they're sort of like a mind game in a way, you know, but like pretend I'm behind the camera. That's a mind game that I'm doing. Some people will actually literally will write a three by five card, right? Yeah. Yeah, you've done it. I, did. I raised my hand. I kid you not. Jim had me write for years, like a three by five card. And 
whatever event I was at, whether it was a business event, a family, whatever, when I was going to be triggered and it would be like, no sarcasm. I mean, I think I still have one of them where it was like, no sarcasm. Cause I, when I get triggered, I get sarcastic and I give it right back. So I had this big, like sarcasm with a, in red with an X through it, like no sarcasm, like just be kind, just take a deep breath, bite my tongue, like all of these going in prepared for the triggers. And I think that's the most brilliant thing that you've said is like, expect to be triggered. You guys, this year is going to be like every other year. And then if it doesn't happen, wow, what a gift. But I think Mm -hmm. going in, but I love that, that three by five card was gold for me. It still is at times when I do different things. Yeah. And the three by five card will change of what you put on there. And you may stay on your three by five card and you may write down, oh, that's mom's sadness. It came out of sarcasm towards me. It came out of, uh, she poked me and my inner child is going to, you know, there's a little bit of a reactiveness and trauma to that. So my body's going to want to take me back down that path, but I'll write down, oh, that's mom's sadness. Okay. And I pull my card out when I like, oh my, ouch, she said that again, she's making fun of me. And I read, that's mom's sadness. Now that instantly gives, it starts to help me now, at the very least being a tug of war with me just being immersed in my feelings and learning to have the ability to be reflective and be separate from my feelings. Mm. Very hard to do. Very hard when, when any of it, I get hijacked too. And I tell you, it's very hard to try to create that separateness, but it's, it's so valuable and it can be so helpful. My feelings are part of me, but I'm not all my feelings. My feeling isn't all of me. I love that. Right. My experience, even even then, my experience with others, all of our others, everybody in our life, it's not black or white. They're not the victimizers and I'm the victim. They're also in their pain and their vic- their sadness or their, their struggles or needs or expectations. We're all human together. When I can start to take that separateness and not judge myself and not judge them and to be able to see my care for my pain and set boundaries when I need to as best I can, you know, I'm caring for myself, but I'm also able to be self-regulating because I do that self-talk. So the three by five card, sometimes people literally need a, they're tactical, right? They're, okay, I know about 45 minutes into it. I'm just going to take a 10 minute walk. I'm going to say, I got to walk the dog, you know, I'll go get a walk and I'll just listen to, you know, Danny's podcast and, you know, I'll go take a little break. You know, I may do that. I may go do the football game as a way to de-intensify this. I may jump in and get busy because I know when I'm busy, then it distracts me a little bit. So I'll really help mom in the kitchen or something. Whatever those things are, there are ways for me to manage myself in the environment so that when those other things happen that I expect to happen, that I use those actually as a chance to grow and be less reactive, right? Because our goal is to be responsive and not reactive. That's, that's my goal inside of me. So those are all really helpful ways to create some emotional distance from my outer experience, from the stuff out there. And to see everybody through that, those eyes of compassion and kindness, to be the observer, take someone with you and on your three by five card, write down, and you could write down, how would Jim see this? Mm. You could have a really close friend. How would so-and-so put someone down there that is not you that, how would they view that? Right. And then you take that on, right? You're, you're trying to put that on. You're trying to see it not through your, because it reenacts those, those old dances, right? It reenacts that, that wounded child. And I get hurt all over again and frustrated. And, you know, we start, start off. And, but if my neighbor was there or my best friend was there, where they don't have that history with this person, they wouldn't see it. They would experience, and I'm trying to experience now this dynamic, let's say Thanksgiving meal, through the eyes of my friend, not through my, just my eyes. Oh, I love that. I love that. So when Jesus said, you know, you can't put new wine into old wineskins, 
this is a little bit, I think, to me, a part of what he's talking about. I, I can't experience my new life out of that old wineskin. Those are the old emotional wineskins. So I'm trying, I'm trying to, to stitch together some new wineskins. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Well, and, you know, I would say too, this week when I was sitting with some women, one woman in particular was really struggling with how her family treats her, right? And so, but then at the same time, she was like, but I shouldn't be struggling with this and I should be over it by now and all of this. And my other friend and I were trying to validate her like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm defensive of you. So even think about how others would want to validate your pain and valid, like by invalidating, like I shouldn't feel this way or I shouldn't struggle or I should be over this by now. It invalidates it. And honestly, it kind of makes it worse because then when these things happen, we then we shame ourselves for the struggle too. So I think also validating our experience and then being really patient with ourselves, like, oh, and that's what Jim's talking about, this detached observer which to me, it, it's taken me like 10 years to kind of start to grasp it because detached like feels so like, am I supposed to be detached? I, it just feels weird to me. But at the same time, we're detaching from the pain. We're detaching from that emotion to have. And I love the concept, Jim, to have the camera in between us because it's like a buffer, like a protection layer so that it doesn't have to affect me. Like the camera's catching it for me and then I get to filter it and be like, oh, OK, my mom just triggered me. And, oh, okay, but it's her pain. It's not really me. It's, I shouldn't take it so personal. And this is what it's all about, guys. So we don't take these things so personal so that we just cry the rest of Thanksgiving dinner or we're in a bad mood or we're frustrated. Or so You can see how hard it is to hold these, right? Because in, in a way, you don't want to shame yourself for the struggle. You don't, want to, you don't want to lie to yourself about the history. There's hurts and there's abuse and there's some that are pretty, pretty painful. I'm not invalidating. I'm not even invalidating in the moment if people are disrespectful or hurtful or critical or negative or shaming. I'm, I'm trying to acknowledge that and set boundaries when I need to. But I'm, I'm trying to take on this self where I'm able to have be that impartial observer. And, and that is a huge battle because then I can, it's hard to describe because you, it's, yeah, ouch, you know, you stab me, I bleed, I feel it. But on the other hand, I also have enough of me separate behind that camera of mine and that impartiality. I'm able to sort of find that separate self that I have worked on. And this is what you got to work on it with your other support systems and other places and self-parenting and giving yourself what you need so that when I come into this, that it, yeah, it, it hurts, but it doesn't kill me. It doesn't suck me back into the dance. I'm trying to change the dynamic. And it, some of these dancers are very resilient. Sometimes you'll go and you'll just, you'll, you'll try to not do a typical sarcastic, you know, snarly response. And then it'll come at you again. And then again, because they're used to it being, you know, get the response. And if you don't give it to them, they're going to keep poking at you until they get it, right? So sometimes it can be, you know, a challenge. But you're really trying to say, I want to I have self-respect, which means I'm acting out of myself, out of that inner place, which is not a place of resentment. It's a place of love, self-respect, compassion for them, understanding healthy boundaries. I want all those things, but I'm doing that because I have these other ways I'm taking care of myself. I know I'm places that are my support system that help me go do that. Mm. Okay. And listen, there's people out there that their family, that's exactly what their family gives them. It gives them that support. So they can go out into the world and deal with the world out there. Many of us, that's not where we get it. Right? <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> We've got to create a family 
out there and practices so that when I'm with my biological family, I can stay in this impartial observer role. Now, the other part of this is that deep part of my expectations. And remember, we carry these longings with us. That's why Susan Cain's talking about this, that we carry these longings, that, and especially the more wounded we are, the more that longing is a part of us. And I'm, I'm sorry to be the bearer of it, I guess, but I, I believe this. I don't believe the longings will ever be totally met. We actually can make peace with them and embrace them and be okay in our longings without having it to go away. And it's certainly how not to take it and give it to people who are unconsciously for us to give it to people who are just going to, because they're so in their own pain or their own dysfunction that they're not going to honor it. So I've got to literally, and this is self-talk. You can literally talk to yourself and I can say, Jim, let them be who they are. They don't have to be anything but what they are. Jim is not personal. You know, if they don't respond in the way you want them to respond, they're just being who they are. And I say this to myself and it actually helps because Jim is talking to Jim, right? I'm adult me is talking to child me and I want something that they can't give me, right? Because these things tend to be generational. I, I, want, I want them to be something that they never could be because it never was, right? It was, it was something that was missed and it goes back generations. It's Adam and Eve, I guess, we go back to. So then I'm working at my expectations and then I redefine my the goal, I embrace this as my way to grow. So instead of it about, I'm just, I'm waiting for the trigger, right? Sometimes, or I'm waiting for it because I want to pounce or I'm waiting for it because I'm scared of it. Either way, instead of that, I'm expecting it. And now I'm using it. Okay. That's my chance to breathe and be okay. Do not get into the little dance because it's just, a, it's a crazy cycle that gets into there. And so now I, boy, that, that gives me purpose in this. And all right, I can do that. You know, I can work at that at least, right? With a lot of grace. So then, but this is really regulating those expectations inside. Yeah. 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 When you were talking, I was thinking, it, I think we all long for like Eden. Like we all long for the garden. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the reality. And you guys, most of the time it, it does fall short. And in general for everybody, whether they're honest with you or not. The other thing that you were saying, I found in my own heart and mind, that where I have like the deepest longings, it's also been those longings have been the birthplace of the most spiritual growth for me. I mean, yeah. I think that's been the sweet journey for me in this. I think there is the profoundly spiritual place as it is really about relinquishment and surrender and letting go. But I think it's really important that people don't feel guilty if they also don't experience that with God. It's, I've heard it so many times, so many times that people will say, well, gosh, I just don't, I don't feel that closeness or somebody, and when someone else talks about their walk with the Lord, it's as if, man, they got this, he walks with me, he talks with me, he's in the garden with me all day long, right? And I don't feel that, right? And and there's people, so it becomes a sort of religious guilt that they feel on top of it, That's right? That's so true. It's so I, true. I tend to think more like Mother Teresa, you know, Mother Teresa, wonderful gal, but her journals reflected that, like. 40 years, she just, she just like God, she didn't know where God was. It was like a, a great quietness. It was a, you know, it was no answer. It was darkness, yeah. you know? And so I think even in our spiritual walk, there's room for us to have this loneliness that we embrace. We're all lonely. Mm -hmm. And even, even in good marriages, right? There's that really, the roomy, beautiful quote about, you know, 
in, in a good relationship where, where the, I can't remember the exact term he uses, but with a safe place for each of us to hold our own aloneness, right? Each other's solitude, he calls it. So in my marriage, I'm here to let Jane have her solitude within our marriage. Okay? I think we have a good relationship, but I'm telling you, there's, there's aloneness in this too. So I accept that aloneness that that's there. And even with the Lord, even there, there's going to be a sense of aloneness. And I, and I think the key is not trying to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard because some of these things are so painful, but it's saying you don't get rid of these things by trying to get rid of them. You don't. You, you embrace them. And when you embrace them, it's not like it gets rid of it, but in a weird way, it allows it to be part of you. You become more whole. Rather than splitting these parts off, you become more whole as you deal with life and you bring it with you. And it's there's beauty because there is connection in there, but it's bittersweet. It's like, it's like Susan Cain's title. I like that title. That's what life is. Life is bittersweet. And when I'm more at peace with the bittersweetness of it, I don't expect life to take it away and it'd be all sweet, despite Facebook, right? It's not all sweet. It's bittersweet, but it's not all bitter either. It's also sweet, right? They're, they're, they're together. And boy, do they, to hold that together with acceptance and without expectation beyond that, even with our religious walk, man, that's, I think that's a pearl of great price, one of them. Jim, I love how you said that, because for me, for a long time, I always felt like, man, when I feel Jesus, when I feel that high, but it probably was sometimes was nothing more than an emotional high, or I just felt emotionally high, where I sense now in my walk with the Lord, and I'm just being really honest with you and with my listeners, it's in the like sorrow and the suffering and the darkness. That's honest to God when I feel most connected spiritually. I don't hear his voice. I I get an inkling. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like this. I'm not, I might be lonely, but I'm not alone. I I don't know how to even, it's like nailing jello to the wall, but I love how you articulated that because the last thing I want to do with my listeners is put a spirit of shame or like a religious shame. Like you're doing it wrong. If you're not experiencing Jesus in this way, because I think that's the lie of the church in the West. I think it's just what the enemy wants us to whatever. So I love how you articulated that. I love it. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good way to say it. It's, it's, It's within the loneliness it's within the longing and embracing that that we then have the most profound connections with others yeah. also. Yeah. It's it's combined it's taking those and it feels so paradoxical, doesn't it? It's like within the longing, the unfulfilled longing that there is the deepest connections. Yeah. That happen. So it doesn't take away the longing, but it also creates the connection, right? So this is really that's the stuff that you're right. It's it's nailing jello. It's it's like ah experience that is hard right it is because there's like loss and suffering but there's a for me the more i embrace the loss and suffering and don't try to wish it away or like pray it away or wait for like ultimate deliverance there's like a grounding where i'm learning to trust again and just trusting that that grounding and that that's okay that's how i experience my god in that i just i don't think it's about X, Y, or Z going away or X, Y, or Z changing. I really think it's about acceptance and today and knowing that this is encountering God. Like my conversation right with you right now, this is a holy moment for me where I know God is real. Like it's like this grounding. I'm not alone. Yeah. And it's embracing that 
the hardest places of my life. And I don't know, maybe vulnerability is the door. Yeah. So this, you've heard the term, the, the dark night of the soul. Yes, and I love that. Every, every spiritual discipline, every spiritual path will talk about these, you know, that sometimes even the great quiet, the non-answer, you know, that reminds us there's something bigger than us. In there, it's bittersweet because in there is that sadness and longing for something deeper. It's built into us. But also within there is the experience of the profound and of awe. You know, I have it when I look up into the stars, right? These things, you see these new photos coming out of the James Webb telescope. It's just, oh, it's incredible. We're a little dot. And that profoundness, it really does give me an avenue into to letting go of the, in a way, the ego and of the, the neediness. But man, is it instinctively, we go back to clinging, to holding on to to wanting security, to wanting to, those needs met, you know? And, and I'm convinced the more I cling to that, the, the less I get it, actually. And it's really more in that letting go, but it's, it's even hard to describe. But the people I appreciate will say, it's really through contemplation, it's through, it's through your, these kind of conversations and these voices and finding your tribe that, you know, you can share this with. And it's also in your own inner world that you experience tolerance for that aloneness. And that's a big deal, too, because aloneness doesn't have to mean abandoned. But for many of us, that's what it feels like. Sadness doesn't have to be depression. Uh, guilt doesn't have to be shame. So it's sometimes hard to tolerate that inner world of ours. But I think that's part of what makes us more whole and ability then to be with others and be in my even be at Thanksgiving or Christmas and know there'll be an element of aloneness in that. And that's OK. It doesn't have to go away. It's OK. And they all have it too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, as you were talking, I was just thinking, maybe I label it loneliness, but maybe, I mean, maybe it's, that's the stillness of God. Maybe that, mm. that darkness or that quietness is actually the Holy Spirit. I mean, I don't know, because yeah. I want God to be loud. I want these emotional highs, but that's just because I'm an adrenaline junkie and I like to feel good. Right. But feeling good doesn't mean you're encountering Jesus because there's a bunch of people feeling really good doing some really horrible things. As you're talking, I'm just like, man, maybe I need to even reframe how I look at loneliness or sadness or as it's a quietness. Like, I think our God is present in the quietness and yeah, in the emptiness, in the emptiness. It's not empty, though. We label it empty, but maybe it's really full. Yeah. Yeah. Then get your get your mind around that, huh? I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's hard because it does push us. I will tell you though, those lonely, dark places has what's pushed me into community. And community is where I've experienced I know God is real because I've experienced the Holy Spirit through people like Jim in my life. So that's where it's like, wow, maybe God He does use everything, right? I don't know. This is a pretty profound conversation for me. I got a mull over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that tolerance, right? I tolerate my experience. I find ways to have practices that help, even biologically help my brain be a, a brain that can do this. Because sometimes when we're in our, our trauma, we can't, we're just triggered, you know? So I'm praying through my mindfulness, through my self-talk. Well, the Bible would say, take captive every thought. Well, that's really the self-talk, right? And it's, it's, it can be slippery and difficult. But I'm doing that through listening to others who have walked before us, Danny. A lot of, there's a lot of people have been on this path before you and me. Yeah. You know, 
and finding that that grace to be in that place. That's why we're going to meetings, right? You know, and I'll say, okay, I'm struggling. When when you've been to a meeting, you'll go, just be there, just sit with it. Sit, you know, when you're around people that you know can share their journey in a weird way, it just helps level you out. Those things are really good. These are tools. So that when then we go to holiday experiences, hmm, I'm you know, I'm gonna use these tools and I'm going in to try to how to just love them for them. If I'm not in my own need, I'm not in my own ego, then it's not about me. And I'm able to be less self-interested when I'm there, you know? And it's so hard because the more wounded we are, the more self-aware we are, or self-hijacked, let's call it, overly self-aware, self-conscious that we are. And people that aren't, that are able to not be so needy are just, they just go with the flow. They're okay, there's no agenda. There's no need, right? Ah, you know, so Lord, really, you know, free us from need. Because the, the truth is, in, our, in this world, the best way to get your needs met is to not be too needy. That's the best way. So as I got to, I, that's my job to work on my needs. It's not their job to take care of me. No, and you guys, yeah. if you're triggered, man, I want to more than tolerate our experience. I want to learn how, how do we take care of ourselves within it? Because if we can take care of ourselves well within the triggers, Man, we are blessing humanity. We're blessing God's broken people. We're blessing. Then we actually allow ourselves to get outside of ourselves. But when we tolerate more than tolerate our experience, but we actually can embrace like, oh, Danny was triggered today. Oh, okay. Well, I was supposed to be triggered. Like, it's okay. How am I going to get back on my feet? There's something to do this. Yes. Yeah. I think that's part of that maturing. That's part of that being able to be in the world, but not of the world. To be in me, but not of me. Mm. right so be you know it's it's so this stuff can be feel so paradoxical at times but that's sort of in a way what jesus was talking about this you know the kingdom is within not out there somewhere it's inside of me right i carry that and i work at creating space in that that i experience that that it's okay i'm i got me i'm still me but then i'm not me right right? i'm bigger than there's a bigger me that takes care of the smaller me and that's, you know, into my hurt and the ego and the frustration and the triggers and all those things. And then I, then I really do become thankful in all things if I can, right? You know, I'm not resisting life. I'm not in a position of resistance, right? I, I'm more open. Wow. So bless everybody who's going to holidays because they get a, how lucky for them, they get a chance to practice this, you know? Yes. Take your metaphorical camera yes. with you Take your literal three by five card with you, right? And your little tactics, you know? And if you do have an ally with you in that system, you know, get them with you and you could squeeze their hand when you're in the middle of, you know, if you need to communicate with them. That's just, you know, a little little grounding for you in there. And then try to love the people you're around. Try to love them. They're just human beings too. Well, I hope this all helps. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Holidays are hard for people. and. Yeah. This is some gold, you guys. So take some notes. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Jim, thanks for coming back on. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Bless you, everybody. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.